<sighs> it is. Uh, wait, are we going? Should we go? Uh, if if <laughs> are you ready to go? Are you sure you're ready? You sure you don't need to pee? Change your I don't diaper. Have to pee. No, I'm good. I changed okay. it. It's good. Okay. You can depends on me. Oh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> It is Tuesday, May the 10th, 10th of May, 510. May the, no. May the 10th Wait. be with you. 410. That would be 510. 510. 510. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, good. All right. So 510, it is episode 211 of, uh, of the On Taking Pictures program. Uh, hey, uh, side side note. Mm-hmm. Which which uh, uh, which is the little the little pop filter? Is it the is it BS BSW? Is that the one oh, that you have? Uh, yeah, the little I, end address one. Yes, yeah, that's probably the one. There aren't that many people who make it. Uh, I want to get one of those. They're like sixty five bucks for this little teeny thing. Way too expensive for it's what they are. It's silly for yeah. what it is. Anyway. Your, your your mic is like a basically it's it's a it's a a different version of the RE twenty right so it's like it is end address and this one should work yes yeah, yeah well they they make one f- yeah yeah it's they make one for the three twenty it's the same barrel size as a oh, twenty okay. yeah so then should, then yeah I have yeah, I have that one and it's great except that it is ridiculous because it costs sixty bucks but I figured right. you know what once I'll buy it for once and then yeah. Yeah, you just need it once. Uh, okay, so on taking pictures, your weekly jolt of photography madness. Yeah, you like you like that term, your weekly jolt of photography madness. Is that our is that our new catchphrase? I don't know. Our new tagline. I, I you, do we knows? need a branding consultant? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> do we need a psychological consultant? Yes, that is probably closer to the truth. Closer to the truth. Uh, that, that is probably closer to the truth. Okay. So live, 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 live. Good. All right. Uh, Bill Wadman is up there in the, in the greater Brooklyn area and Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm down here in DC and, uh, let's get to it. We got a lot of stuff. Where do you want to start? Well, a uh, couple things, uh, after the show last week, a couple days after the show, I put up a new, uh, conversation on, uh, process driven with John Wilkening. Yep. Who, if you are in the On Taking Pictures group, you have seen John's terrific pinhole pictures. Um, really interesting to see how, n- not only how it started for him, but what kind of drove him there. So interesting conversation. Uh, you can find it on my site or just Google Process Driven yep. or, you know, check the links. Um, also, I went to this print show that, that I was telling you about last week that you're going to try and come down to yes at the national gallery it's 300 years of prints like p-r-i-n-t-s not prince prince like the person yeah <laughs> it's yeah, not I, 300 I'm waiting for you to sing of... can you sing please do some like 1999 or uh, I, can't, I can't sing prince or cream uh, get on top sorry yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, anyway, so it's it's three hundred years of of prints in America, and and it's fascinating to see they've got prints by Paul Revere, they've got prints um, by uh, Richard Serra, they've got uh, lithographs, they've got silk screens, they've got etchings, they've got dry point, just a really fantastic cross section of 
of printing. And I got a chance to walk around with uh, Fielding's friend Michelle, who is a paper conservator at the National Gallery. So right. it, was, it was doubly interesting to hear from her what some of the standout pieces were in terms of technique or their importance or their significance. Um, they had some beautiful etchings by Winslow Homer. And she talked about about that period in his career where he made the uh, the transition from illustrator to artist where where the stuff was was more documentary and then it became more uh i guess pictorial okay uh, but it was really fascinating so if you're in the dc area you're going to come down at some point and we'll go through it um but it was really terrific to see these the different stages of of not only the technology of what was possible, but the aesthetics of what was in fashion, what was accepted, what was what was considered good. Because I know we have that conversation of good and important. Well, isn't it also interesting? Well, it's interesting that they're doing this etching print thing down there because a uh, big survey because at MoMA right now, there's a big Degas show of mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, prints mm-hmm. and monotypes that he did, like monoprint kind of things. Uh it's interesting that that how different uh, forms of art go in and out of favor over time, right? Sure, sure, sure. You know, like that. Like, I think a lot of people used to use do the etchings. Oh, we want to be able to mass produce this kind of stuff, and then say photography comes around and they go, "Well, mass production, mass production is a lot easier now, so we don't need to scrape these things. You can draw however you want, and we can photograph it and mass produce that." You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and even even the people you were talking about, like Rauschenberg and Jesper Johns and all the rest of it, the stuff that they were doing that's in that show from what I've seen based on the website was like not trying to basically use it as an, as an illustrative medium, but rather use it as just something different for them to do their normal stuff, like a different medium for them to do their normal stuff in, you know what I mean? Right. It it seemed more of an exploration than a means of replication. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and, and you go back to the Degas stuff and arguably maybe the Degas stuff was, trying to replicate what he was doing in his paintings and his sculpture or whatever it is for a larger audience because he could replicate it back then you know and the, the life the life uh, uh, the life cycle of different medium and different mm-hmm. like things I don't know, it's just interesting yeah no it was fascinating and and like I say the 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 variety of pieces that are there I mean they're I don't know 150 odd pieces maybe okay you know so there were a lot of different types of work different sizes and it was interesting to see how how sizing changed over the years what what sizes came in or aspect ratios came in and out of favor um this cool show really cool show uh the other the other part of it was i got to go to uh, a lecture and a q a with this cuban artist named elsa mora who is uh she, she's from cuba right. she now lives in upstate new york with her husband uh, but she talked about making art under a regime where it, it was very difficult. Materials were very difficult to get there. You know, they were struggling to put food in their bellies, let alone find materials to make art with. So sure. she has this very intimate relationship with materials. And it was fascinating to hear how that relationship affects the type of work that she produces. 
um, and the ideology behind the type of work that she produces. Um, but just a, as an aside, go to go to her site if you get a chance, elsamora.net, or just do a, a, a Google search to see some of her paperwork. I think the um, paperwork is my favorite stuff. Of it's this. beautiful. Yeah, it's it really, really nice. is beautiful. And she she was so sweet. She took questions, and and there weren't very many people there though. I got to tell you, there were. I don't know, 25 people or so? Well, she, also, she has a show at uh, the National Arts Club right now, apparently. Yeah, in New York. up in New York. Yep, I'll she talked about that. There. I will have to go check it out. Um, okay, one more little promo thing. Yep. Uh, Andy Adams from Flack Photo, who I, I have never met Andy, but I dig what he does at Flack Photo. Um, he tweeted about a Kickstarter. They're only a couple days left and they they have reached their goal as of last night they hadn't reached their goal yet it's a book called public private portrait uh and and it looks like a just fantastic book of of portraiture uh and it's not very expensive it's it's 38 bucks to to get a copy of this book i watched the video and i saw some of the things they showed and it was really interesting but they don't explain exactly what it is very well you mean what the scope of the product? Yeah, project, it's just, rather? they're just like, oh, you should fund this thing because we've done this thing with people and thank you. And I'm like, right. what? I, wait, what did they, you do? They who seem to these, be you know? depending on on the idea that you're going to know who molasses is based yes. on the previous Mossless, three is, yeah. Uh, projects. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mossless. Molasses. Which, 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 <laughs> molasses. I, which I don't necessarily know who that is. So, you know, so, but it's, yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty funny. Molasses. I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. Do you need to get some? Uh, yeah, let's have some pancakes after this. Oh my god, pancakes would be so good right now. <laughs> let's just pause the live show and go get some pancakes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, hey, I wonder if we could do. Could we do a live show like Where each we getting pancakes? pancakes? You somewhere, me somewhere. Can can we sync that up? Or that would sure. Work? I th- I think. I, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I could go to the diner and set up a thing and get that pancakes. would be kind of awesome. Breakfast with Bill and Jeffrey. Yeah. Nikki would let me do it. Sure. Let's do it. At the diner there? Or you could come up to the diner. We could just record live and eat breakfast together. That would be even better. All right. Yeah. You heard it here, kids. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'll put so a link to the uh, Molasses 4. Molasses. Yeah. Molasses 4. <laughs> not to be confused with Corn Syrup 3 and uh, Turbinado Sugar 2. It's uh, good stuff. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. It's Jesus. so good. Uh, uh, you, you good? I'm good. Yeah, okay. thanks. Um, hey, uh, so last week we just, I guess during our questioning, we put this in here. Uh, last year was the Q, last week was the Q&A, right? It was right? that food, the, 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 that one shot of the baker kind of uh, like throwing, oh, right, 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 throwing right. flour across the, 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 the set. Yeah, and and I just kind of questioned whether even labeling photography different sort of subgenres within photography is becoming a little futile because all these things are blending so much that it's hard to even give them categories. I uh, I think in especially in commercial photo- what what has been kind of under the umbrella of commercial photography, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah, 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 cuz I I will tell you from experience that, you know, commercial photographers they'll or people who are hiring them they'll talk about like oh we're looking for a lifestyle photographer mm-hmm. we're looking for this and it you know and and so is, is lifestyle the blurring of fashion and product photography is that is that is that yeah, at least a, I guess a, a, a one way to describe it, it you it's think? funny I you might be right whenever I see or hear or 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 experience what I kind of look at as 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 lifestyle photography, it feels like family snapshots that are done incredibly well. Yeah, 
that's what it feels more I, I feel like it's it's an elevation of snapshots more than it is a merging of more formal things so you know beautiful family trying to sell me beard oil or something exactly right yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, or like yeah. and, handmade and, and, Italian leather shoes yeah. and, that, and that's not to diss anybody it's, it's right, just sort right. of like I look at it and I go oh that's like an amazing family photo of people sitting around having a picnic outside you know so is it a lifestyle that we that I they want us to, to buy i yeah, think it's, 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 it's a lifestyle that we aspire to right it's yeah. the sort of next evolution it's not just it's not just the product that you want it's it's the means and the way of enjoying that product yeah i mean it's it's i mean that's all straight just pure advertising salesmanship right. you know you right. want to be this person who's eating these pancakes you know uh, i do want to be a person eating pancakes right? <laughs> I think we've established that. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Now you've got that that, that earwig, you know. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I think, I mean, that's what a lot of that sort of style of photography is about. And and to your point, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are food photographers. They'll they'll shoot plates of food and 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 the kind of sort of more still life stuff like you did with um, uh, Chill, right? You know, a few years ago. Right. Where it's just like, oh, we're going to set up this like pretty little set and like, okay, snap, boom, we're done. Um, and and I think that, that that is getting to be boring because everyone's also doing that on their phones now. And like, oh, I can take a picture of this beautiful plate in front of me. So, you know. There is an iPhone app, hand to God, there's an iPhone app tailored specifically toward food photography. What does it do? Play with like saturation and stuff? And I believe so. Yeah. Really kind of, kind of. You know what? Let me find it. Uh, keep keep talking. All right. Yeah. So I just I I, th- I think that it's a not necessarily a natural progression, but I'm not surprised by the fact that things are going more to you know uh, uh, chefs throwing flour in the air and that kind of stuff, which yeah. look has been going on for a long, long time. It's not like it's like a completely new way of looking at it. But I wonder if the sort of Instagram generation, just to put it very broadly. Mm-hmm. has has changed people's views of photography to the point where they want just only lifestyle because most instagram is just lifestyle photography you know like the great majority uh, of it uh, hmm, I, you're I, looking at a very small subset of 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 photographers quote unquote who are putting stuff on instagram but your average person's instagram feed of the 40 billion pictures that are taken a day i'd say that 95 percent of them are would be inside of a lifestyle bucket Okay. Well, you know, I want to come back to why you just put the word photographer in quotes when relating it to Instagram. I want to come back to that. But okay. Okay. Keep going. Uh, it's called Foodie, by the way. A, a camera is app, the app? Yeah. A camera app customized for food photos. Uh, you can spice up your shots with the app's professional editing features to make pictures that will catch everyone's attention. 26 filters customized for taking food photos. Filter photos. Yeah. yeah. Amazing food editing features that transform simple food photos into one-of-a-kind masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I put it in quotes is that I'm talking about you're, you're looking at – people who think of themselves as photographers who have a certain point of view and the rest of it, where I think the majority of the people who use Instagram are taking pictures of them and their friends a lot of times. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Maybe. You know, it's like, it's like, yes, Walt Whitman could have used Twitter, but most of the people who are writing on Twitter, are writing stuff that is, is not literature, you know, right. it's like, right. they're, and they're not trying to, they're just tapping out to their friends on WhatsApp. By the way, use that WhatsApp. 
That's a whole other thing, isn't it? Uh, I do not use WhatsApp. I don't use any of the the. the I just started uh, using Vine, not using, but I started. I installed Vine and Snapchat because I, I've heard that the stories on Snapchat can be interesting. And uh, frankly, Vine is just so I could look at Tom Deslongchamp's animations, which are terrific. Okay, well there you go. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just I think it's interesting that that. <sighs> I think most people's pictures, and I think this goes back to my feeling that a lot of lifestyle photography is sort of really good snapshotty like photography of, of what goes on around you, is that 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 people are so used to seeing that style of photography that for a lot of people that's that's all they want and all they see is sort of we just we want it to be real. You know, mm-hmm. like we just we just want real life around us. We don't want right. to think about this or formalize it or turn it into whatever. Um, I, we, I watched a document. So, uh, Go ahead. One, one sec. One sec. Is it is it where are we at? Do you think on the continuum of of fashion photography for a while, for a long yeah. while was really slick. It was really slick and sure. produced and and shiny, for lack of a better word. And you just said something about we want it to be real. We want it yep. to be – so now have we gone the other side where we don't want it to look produced? We don't want it to look lit. We don't want it to look uh, – I think the pendulum is definitely slick. on that side, yeah. yeah. And that's um, become the new realism or the yep. new the new sort of fashion aesthetic, if you will. Yeah, I, I think you know, it's like anything. Everything goes in cycles, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, um, and and I, I, I think that happens all the time. Uh, I mean, in everything. I but we. I watched a documentary the other day called Twinster. Do you see this? It's Let's on Netflix. Twinster. Twinster? Okay. Yeah, I think that's what it is. All right. Uh, it's about this Asian American girl who was uh, adopted from Korea. Okay. And uh, she's an actress and has been had like, you know, bit parts in a bunch of movies and stuff. And and she does like YouTube videos and she put up this YouTube video and some guy over in Europe saw the YouTube video and go, wow, that girl looks exactly like my friend, whatever the other girl's name was. And it turns out they are identical twins that were separated at birth. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Twinsters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and just the, the, the reason I bring it up is that they in the process of 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 going through this whole, you know, them meeting each other and talking to each other and, and figuring all this out. They basically, she replays a bunch of their text conversations and their video chats and their pictures they sent to each other and stuff. And it is, while not completely foreign to me, it does feel like, uh, like a different mode of communications that either I don't understand or is just sort of like, Whoa. which part of, what do you mean? Which part of it feels like different mode of communication? Um, I was, you know, I was watching a movie last night, uh, you know, uh, and the band played on, you know, that movie about the AIDS epidemic. Sure. Uh, Randy Schultz. Oh yeah. Okay. And there's a scene where one of the guys is trying to call the CDC from a payphone and he can't get a payphone because everyone's using all the payphones and he's standing there waiting and somebody like leaves and they like him and a couple other people like rush to grab the phone so we can like make the big call back to the headquarters, you know, like that kind of scene. Mm -hmm. And there's this there's this thing where he like puts the phone on top of the phone little phone booth thing and he puts the money in and he dials the thing and he picks up the receiver and there was like this form there was this like formalism to even making a phone call you know because it was structured and because it cost a lot of money and all the rest of it and then and I looked at it and I was just like I was alive at the time that they're talking about this I was I was a kid then, you know, right, and right. I remember waiting for a phone or whatever it is. And things. Uh, by that, the way, I was always the receiver on the shoulder guy. 
Okay. Not on yeah. the top of the phone. Okay. Yeah. He was, the, he was one of the top of the phone things, which I never would have done either, but I agree with you receiver in the shoulder. Um, but there was this moment where I was like, wow, how much things have changed. Not only are there no pay phones, but like, we don't think about calling somebody as that formal of a process anymore. Right. You know, like it's not that kind of thing. And, and certainly I don't feel that way when I call you or one of our listeners or, you know, somebody on the other show or whatever it is. Right. It's right. just, it's there's just, no, just, hello, Jeffrey, how are you today? Yeah, there's, exactly. there's none yeah. of that formality. Yeah. But right. at the same time, these, this girl, uh, God, I have I screwed up her name. Kim was her name. Anyway, the, the little Korean girl, little girl, she's 25 years old. The Korean girl talked to her twin as if they were always in the same room. You know what I mean? Like mm. they were like they like they were roommates in a in a in 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 a an apartment talking Rather on than Skype thousands of miles away. Exactly. Like there was just this okay. sort of it, it it had become so common that it didn't have it didn't have any not that it didn't have value in like a you know, I don't like I, I find this worthwhile to do, but it didn't have value in the sense that it didn't cost anything to have these interactions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and therefore the the interactions became I don't know, different, like, uh, like aloof, uh, uh, like they shed any sort of sense of, um, structure, you know? Hmm. And, and were they familial? I mean, were, were, were they eventually? Yeah. And what was really creepy is when you watch them, even though they were, you know, split up on like weeks after they were born, they both have very similar mannerisms. Mm. which is just sort of like a nature nurture kind of thing which is kind of interesting. And this and, and the movie is is okay although it gets a little self indulgent at times I think. Uh it's it's worth watching. Anyway, I just bring it up cuz the way that these people even talk to each other is very different than than makes sense to me and our, my generation, you know, like mm-hmm. to us. And things change and I wonder if th- that sort of move towards a more um uh, informal lifestyle photography kind of world for the average person is just sort of like it's it's that's that's the air they breathe and it's not they don't even see it as lifestyle photography they just see it as oh more more images you know that that it's just like oh it's somebody else's life mm-hmm. you know um, did, did we talk about I, I think we did but I don't remember did we talk about Stacy Kranitz which one Stacy Kranitz remind me uh, similar to aesthetic to kind of what you're talking here. Let me paste a link in real quick. I, I think if you see this, you'll, you'll, I think we did talk about her. I'm not it, listeners. I'm sorry if we did. I can't remember if we did. Um, but she is reportage slash photojournalism slash narrative. I don't know that we did look at this. None of these look familiar to me. They don't look familiar. Okay. Um, Maybe we can put her put her in the show notes, yep. and, and maybe we can talk about it uh, next time. Anyway, her 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 portfolio, her body of work, is observational, but is that also documentary? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, there is, or or even if, and if it's, <clears throat> and if it's the people in your life, is it documentary or is it nostalgia? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're like the, the old, the old, uh, uh, editorial thing, you know, where you have to remain impartial and right, right. be outside of it and all that kind of stuff. It's like, have, have we thrown that out too? And, and no, it's about it being personal to you. It's not mm-hmm. about, you know, all these changes and, and, but I mean, all of these things just come together. You're a good point. Like photojournalism versus documentary versus personal 
projects like of your family have all sort of blurred into each other in the last 20 years? Sure. What uh, the, There was a, a one a couple years ago of that. I don't know that it went viral. It's kind of a weird term, but it was very popular about a guy who was documenting the death of his father. Right. Yep. Yep. And now, I, is, I, if that were documented by someone else, would it be a documentary project? But to him, yes, it's a documentary, but it's also family photos. Mm-hmm. There, there yeah. is there is such a personal connection that it that it can't can you even separate this being a, a project? I, I you know I I know I would have wanted more photographs of my father, but I wouldn't have dreamed of taking you know documenting his decline decline. I, yeah, I couldn't have. Yeah, I considered it with my dad, and I didn't. You know, so but, are these things, are they different? Is it different if you're, if you're, if you're invested personally in the subject matter and, and with, with so many photojournalists and, and documentarians and reportage photographers becoming a part of their subjects' lives, they're not, they're not photographing from the outside. They're photographing inner circle. They're photographing, they're getting to know people um, in many cases, going and meeting with people several times before a camera is even taken out. So there is a yeah. personal relationship. Yeah, but uh, Shelby Adams or whatever his name was, was that the guy who goes down into uh, Kentucky? Oh, like the Appalachia? The, yeah, the, yeah, the that's something. Yeah. He would yeah, go yeah. down there. I mean, 30 years ago, he was going down and hanging out with those people over generations or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, mm-hmm. But I mean, even even uh, music. I, a friend was talking to me about the new Beyonce album, and I was like, and I listened to a couple of the things on the video, the Lemonade video thing, and I was, it wasn't really my cup of tea, but she's like, no, you got to listen to it. It's amazing. So I got it, and I listened to the whole album the other day. And But tr- even trying to put a, a label on that, what is that? Is that R&B? Is it pop? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, like even music has started blurring these lines because there's a lot of hip hop on it too, kind of elements and you know what I mean? And, and there's actually rock elements and, and, and what's his name comes in. Uh, Jack White comes and works on a track and, and, you know, Kendrick Lamar comes and works on a track and it's like, all right, so it's very hard to categorize a lot of things now, music, TV shows, you know? Right. Uh, right. I was talking about that, uh, the Louis CK, Horace and Pete thing. And I've watched, I think, five episodes of that show now, and I've giggled a couple times at, like, a face that he made, but I do Mm -hmm. not in any way find it funny. Like, I find it incredibly intense and overwhelming, that show. But a friend of mine is like, oh, my God, that show's hilarious. And I was like, you find that show hilarious? Like, Mm. I I feel like everything's just blending into each other, uh, you know, uh, to the point where it's even hard to describe something. You know, if you if you you know, if you say, what kind of pictures do you take or Jeffrey, you know, what describe to me like what kinds of uh, shows you do? And it's like, well, you could do it, but like it touches so many different things. Things no longer fit in a bin. Yeah. And, and, you know, eventually high school, you went to licorice pizza or whatever. That was our record store out here. You went to rock or you went to soul or you went to country. Or Zydeco. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But now to your point, I mean, it it is, it is so blurry. Yeah. And And everybody's searching for everything. I think it's the case in, I I wonder if the whole idea of of genres has just sort of just been dissolved away because everything is just, 
it's like a bunch of Crayola crayons that you like stuck on an oven, you know, <laughs> stuck in the mm-hmm. oven. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like blended there into are each other. There pieces of pure color, but by and large, it's just all sort of brown. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and what was the point of categorization anyway? You know, right. Was right. it just description or did it actually have some value in trying to say what it is you were trying to do? You know, um, Anyway, uh, you should go watch uh, Twinsters. At least the first half hour is pretty interesting watching them meet and, and or watching them talking. It's just very odd. Imagine hmm. finding out now that you had an identical twin somewhere in the world. I would my I my head would probably Well, you're pop. an only child. So yeah, you got a whole other level of that. That would be that would be so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh anyway, not not for nothing. Uh, what, uh, what, what's this not pursuing, uh, pursuing what you love as a career, not pursuing it at all? What do, what do you got there? Hmm. Now I don't remember where I put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best when you're like, did you write that? And there was, go, there was this whole thing around that, but now I don't, uh, other than it, it may have been, nope, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Do I do I win something? Uh, not pursuing what you love as a career versus not pursuing. Oh well, okay. Now I know. Now I know. Okay, you got uh, it. the idea of making the decision uh, on on a hobby versus a profession. You know that that sure. if if I can't if I can't hang on the walls of MoMA, then what's the point of painting? All right. That that. I think there was something in there about that, but I'll, I'll have a think about that because it, okay. it, it's probably something that we have covered many times. And I'm, I'm sure I had some sort of epiphany and I was like, oh, my God, I have to write this in the notes because this is going to be the greatest episode of any podcast ever. And now I can't for the life of me remember what I was where I was going with it. <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. Hey, we actually are getting old. Remember when we right. used to make jokes about us being old? Yeah. Yeah, it's four yeah. years later, dude. <laughs> Let's maybe I can come back to that because okay, there was yeah. something in there, but I don't. I, there All was right. something holistic. Well, in let's there jump that into this was... Steve McCurry thing then. Yeah, let's, this was let's interesting. dive in. A lot of people on the group talking about this. Um, Steve McCurry, icon of photography, right? Icon of photography. <laughs> the the photographic icon award. There you go. 2016, <laughs> Steve McCurry. <laughs> Yep, that. Steve can't accept his award. He's off in Bangladesh filming, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but apparently there there were some, some, some prints that went out with some botched Photoshop. So says, so says the fine folks at Petapixel. Oh, um, I see. So he actually saw this in a show, this Italian guy. Yes. Paolo Viglioni. Paolo Viglioni. Uh, went to a show of of Steve McCurry's and noticed basically a bad clone job in in a part of the picture. Right. So a couple things. First of all, uh, forgetting for a moment whether or not McCurry himself saw this, how many people had to see this photograph Without to put it, it up on the wall and not notice this? Uh, I mean, that just goes to show you how little people actually notice details in their own pictures. You know, but I mean, even beyond McCurry himself, the curator or the the the, you know, conservator or whoever had to however many hands this had to pass through to go from opening the box 
to getting it on the wall and and nobody caught this if yeah. if, if we're to take this guy at his word yeah Paolo. yeah and and well okay so I, I never knew that that mccurry necessarily had a ethos of you know light hits my sensor and or light hits the film and that's what you see you know like you see what i saw did did he has he ever like formally spoken that way this i'm not sure of i'm not sure of okay but there there is uh sort of a do no harm tenant in photojournalism right that's sort of taken sure. as yeah. as one of the rules that you you don't you don't mess with it Okay, if if Steve McCurry is not shooting for a magazine but shooting for personal work, is it still photojournalism? Uh, you'd have to ask him. I can't make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, and then apparently there's another picture further down. Oh, the uh, the two versions of the image below were found in Mr. McCurry's site itself. The photos are linked to their sources, and our anonymous tipster told us the shot has been removed by the Magnum website. Notice the missing player in the second image. So there's a there was like a bunch of kids playing soccer, kind of running into what looks like a rice paddy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like the guy, the main kid in front, and then there's a kid right behind him, like kind of you know covering part of the guy behind him. And they just removed the guy behind him. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. And then the, the, the response from from I guess Petapixel reached out. Uh, after a polite back and forth with his team, Mr. McCurry is currently traveling. We received the following statement from McCurry himself. Uh, and, it, and it begins, my career started almost 40 years ago when I left home to travel and photograph throughout South Asia. I went into Afghanistan with a group of Mujahideen uh, in 1979 and thus became a photojournalist when news magazines and newspapers picked up my pictures, published them around the world, and gave me assignments to provide images of the war, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on. So, so he's still identifying, important note, he's still identifying as a photojournalist. Yep, fair enough. Good. Uh, thus became a photojournalist. Uh, my photography is my art, and it's gratifying when people enjoy and appreciate it. Uh, I, it. He goes on, I try to be as involved as much as I can in reviewing and supervising the printing of my work, but many times the prints are printed and shipped when I'm away. That is what happened in this case, which feels a little Wait, thin It's, it's not me. about the printing. It's about the editing. Yeah. Right. So is he saying this, that this things is not are an edited error. without his approval? Yeah. This, this is not an error in printing. This isn't, hey, there, there's a little too much red. Yes, exactly. That's what happened in this case. It goes without saying what happened with this image was a mistake for which I will have to take responsibility. I've taken step to change procedures at my studio, which will prevent something like this from happening again. I guess the bigger question is, so how many other things has he changed over time to make them look the way he wanted to? <laughs> other people saw them and went, God, that's a beautiful shot of this street. And like, where is that street? And it's like, well, that street doesn't actually exist because I removed all of the telephone poles and the (laughs) McDonald's in the background and, and, and. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, he he. They continue. The statement tracks with much of what we've read in two Italian interviews with Mr. Curry about the incident. He said the issue in the Cuba image was quote a change that I would never have authorized and quote the lab technician who made the mistake does not work with me anymore. This a doesn't seem to be a lab it's a, mistake. It's a twenty-year-old in Photoshop. <laughs> you know, like that's not yeah. a lab technician. It's, it seems, I don't know, it just seems... Wait, wait, here we go. Mr. McCurry mentions in the same interview that using contrast and tone adjustments to alter a section of the photo that is distracting is okay. 
but that the change shouldn't be done by moving elements. Well, here's three pictures where it's obvious that he has moved elements. Removed? Yes, moved or removed elements. Right, yes. right. So, wrong, you know? If these yeah, are things so, you would never authorize, then who's making the decisions on all of his pictures and how much, you know, how much of it shouldn't really have his name on it because apparently he doesn't agree with it? Right. So is is the question... I mean, you, you brought up an interesting point. If if these are not to be considered, if these are con- to be considered uh, artistic expressions and not strict photojournalism, is it okay? Does it matter that things were moved and altered? Is it is it all about the end product, or or is the issue here? For for me personally, at least on this, the issue is not owning up to it and and providing what I feel is is kind of a thin excuse so do you think if he said uh look yes i occasionally you know make minor photoshop adjustments to uh photoshop adjustments to the content of my images in order for clarity's sake or blah 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 blah. like for ones that are ones that are photojournalism and not are for my personal art and this one was done really poorly and i you know will make a point of this in the future or something would that make you feel better if he like admitted what he had done i mean i don't look i don't feel bad one way or another over it but i think there is a distinction if he's if he's it comes down to intent right and and sort of purpose and if your intent is to present yourself as documenting life around you as it happens these are major changes to the composition yeah yeah which apparently is fine I wonder if I want. I, I I wonder. I mean, if, maybe, maybe the guys on the front of the train in that famous shot from India. Maybe they weren't there. Maybe they were sitting on a stoop somewhere and they were composited <laughs> in. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the question. Like, where's that line? You know, like that's like who there was knows nothing what on the, the hell... front of the train. These yeah. guys were having you know chai or yeah. something. In, I don't know. In fact, that was taken in L.A. <laughs> that's right. That's the L.A. River. That's. <laughs> um yeah i mean those are the questions that i would have you know um i i don't know i i i think this is this right here is the problem with being um what's the better form of the what's the word i could use that if, if if you're a traditionalist who's a stickler and is just like oh film 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 and blah 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 and then it turns out you're doing this crap it's like okay, you just lost a lot of reputation there. You know, you just you just spent a lot of uh, uh, um, capital. <laughs> you know, art, artistic capital. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's if you read through a couple of the comments uh, on this article, uh, one of them reads: uh, "McCurry has been manipulation." Okay, that's a little wrong. It's been manipulation. His image for decades should be manipulating, uh, not with PS, but with old-fashioned lab techniques. I noticed it immediately in his earliest books. Now that he or his so-called team are using Photoshop instead of darkroom manipulation, the changes are getting very sloppy. Yes, he's a master photographer, but no, not even the great McCurry can create the perfect picture without manually editing it to his aesthetic tastes afterwards. So it goes in the industry. Is that is that a that seems like an awfully big statement? Okay, you know what? This actually kind of ties in with something else I put in here. Can can we can we can we shift slightly here? Yeah, sure. Okay, there uh, the there is a article a picture that 
somebody took of uh, who who actually took the picture just so I get this right. Um, you know, I don't know. It was probably uh, Annie or somebody. Somebody took Is a picture the, of Rumor the, Phillips. The rumor, rumor, rumor Willis. Willis, rather. Yeah. Rumor Phillips. Rumor. Well, the Wilson rumor, Phillips. Rumor Phillips eating molasses, reading photography magazines. <laughs> and uh, what is wrong with us today? I don't know. Okay, so it's her and I guess her sisters, like in a car, and right. she says that they basically photoshopped her jaw to make it look. I don't know, more pleasing, more standard, more traditional, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that she says that this is akin to bullying, that Photoshopping is akin to bullying. Which now, is dumb. That well, okay, is dumb. Right. So, you, you, but you just said, you know, the fact, that, okay, so he's doing things in order to make this a better so, version of his aesthetic. Who's... Okay, it, but that's, that's one thing. It's, we, we are, we think about the words that are being used. She's equating... Taking a jawline down with getting the shit kicked out of you at school for days and days and days in a row or being made fun of for your uh, appearance or sexual preference or – I mean it just – that seems to me an irresponsible response. I, I tend to agree with you but I will say that there is a place where you and I being old, there's a lot of younger people who see bullying in everything, right? You know – they sure. they only offer one percent milk. I feel bullied because I like two percent, <laughs> right? <laughs> Is like, that really a thing? <laughs> I'm being repressed. <laughs> I know, man. I don't even know anymore. Like sometimes I look at stuff and I go, "What? Huh? Like I don't care. Like get over it. Like okay, but uh, hmm. I do well, okay. But does she have any rights to her personal look? Like I Absolutely. look like this. You made me look like that. Absolutely. This is misrepresentation but, but, of who I am. You know, and therefore, it's your, this photograph is based upon your image of what you think I should look like. I don't look like that, and therefore, bullying. I, I'm playing devil's advocate. I know, and it's 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 uh, this is this is akin to a firefighter bitching about getting burned. Oh yeah, okay. So you're 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 in the pup, you're in the public eye. You're trying to be an actress and whatever you're it is. You're getting your picture you're taken for a vanity model. fair. You're, you're you're trying to to uh, make your your living, make your mark in an industry that is dominated by physical appearance. Yep. Yeah. Should you have a say? Absolutely. Do you need to go straight to bullying? Eh, that seems a little irresponsible. Yeah. I just I just find the whole idea of I guess I guess it comes down to who get who should get the ultimate say in this kind of stuff. I mean, is that really I mean the other thing is is you wear makeup. Yeah, but she you, chose to wear that makeup. Agreed. Agreed. But did she choose to wear makeup because she really loves the process of putting on makeup or right. because she wants it to alters look good. her appearance? Right. Well, I guess it just comes down to who decides what appearance they're trying to. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have a say. Fine. But there are ways that she could have said, you know what? I don't I don't approve these edits or or I don't like these edits or, you know, jumping right to bullying seems you you seem to have missed one through ninety nine and gone directly to one hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there is a certain element of, look, the pictures like this one that are in magazines like Vanity Fair and Vogue that people like Annie and Seliger take have had a lot of work done on them, all of them. Even if it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like they've had work done on them, they've had a lot of work done on them. 
uh, and to create pictures that are that sort of flawless that people look at Vogue and Vanity Fair and go, oh, my God, look at that picture of whoever. Right. Requires that level of 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 uh, polish, right? Well, but if, and, if this is the really the way and you that's feel, what they're trying to compete. Yeah. If this is really the way you feel, rumor, then put a writer in your contract that you have to approve everything. Yeah, and maybe she will from now on. But uh, but or she won't get hired because you know that sh- that people that 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 run the show don't want that that level of don't of, have to deal with that uh yeah that level of of input in her hands well there also is a there's a power shift here right like some as as a photographer right who who occasionally takes pictures of people and does things to in my opinion improve something about them you know oh their nose is a little crooked in this photo i'm just going to like boop just slide it a little bit to the left so it's not as noticeable there or whatever mm-hmm. um Wait, at a certain point, if everyone else gets to say exactly how my photos look, well, am I actually a photographer or an artist with a lowercase a anymore? Or am I just Mm -hmm. some technician who presses a button and everyone else makes choices? Like, isn't, aren't those kinds of decisions what makes, empowers me to make the kind of things that I want to make? Do you know what I mean? At some level they do, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I look at that and I go, you know, if I was, I don't know, let's say, I don't know who took the picture, Mark Seliger. And, and and saw her bitching about this, I'd be like, well, it's my damn picture. Take your own picture if you don't want to move your jaw. You know? I mean, I, I don't know that I would respond. I, I don't think I would respond like that, but I think I would rather have a conversation about You always want to have a conversation. I do. <laughs> hey, Jeffrey, the magazine's got to go out. We don't have time for conversations. That is that is probably <laughs> the way it would go down. And I'd be like, but, but, but. I'm all set up. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Look. All right. So you think you think this whole thing's a, a, a tea kettle pot or a mountain molehill or God? Are we drunk today? Well, I I think it's, <laughs> I just think it's a it's a it's an it's a link baity response. Well, of course, she's also trying to up her own game. And I'd like to see the original photo. There was something that happened. Uh, somebody claimed that they they had been photoshopped uh, a month or so ago. And same kind of a thing where it was, oh, up in arms, I was been – and they showed the the original. It turned out that it hadn't been, that that's actually <laughs> Well, that's kind of funny too. Sorry, you're wrong. That's not what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, people, people definitely – when this stuff comes out, people always kind of talk about how – uh, people will protest without proof and people will just believe the protest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, maybe it didn't really happen. You're just taking one person's I mean, word for are it. Are they are they real eyelashes? Are they are your lips naturally like that? Yeah. Are your teeth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there was an interest. Did you? There was a John Stewart was uh, having a conversation with David Axelrod at the University of Chicago a couple of days ago, and there's a video of it online. It's a really interesting kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do a Q and A at the end, and people get up there and go, oh, "When you were on the Daily Show, blah 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 blah." And this one kid gets up there, last question of the day, and, and he says, um, you know, uh, you're, I want to talk to you about the, the, your last daily show where you had Louis C.K. on. And, 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 and John's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And he's like, you know, what of it? And the, guy, the kid says, well, um, you know, there is reports at the time about Louis C.K. being disparaging towards female comedians. And I just want to know if that came into the conversation when you were going to have him on stage, like before you came out. And he's just like, 
I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, and the kid said, well, somebody wrote a couple tweets about it and there was, you know, an article on Gawker. And you kind of go <laughs> and second only to the weekly world news for accuracy. Yeah. And, 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 and John Stewart was just like, he's like, dude, I don't know. Like I've known Louie for 30 years. I've never heard him be like, you know, disparaging towards women in general, you know, like women comedians, like for any, like, no, no, this never came into it, you know, and mm-hmm. it was all very dismissive, but it is to the point where it's like for a lot of people, that's enough evidence. Right. You know, I'm upset about this attack, you know, right. pick up your rocks and, and, and again, stone that you know, guy. Sh- should, should rumor have, have an input? Sure. But it could have been handled better. Yeah. Without jumping to, you know, my, my civil rights have been violated by people who are trying to make a photograph look better, whatever that means better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it it does get into agency and and how much control you have over your image and your life and what everyone else does around you. But I don't know. Maybe it's I I think it's getting too far. But I just thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're mm-hmm. just I don't know. Uh, we should probably talk about parachute. All right. So oh my wait, god. Let's parachute. Okay, I have the parachute. Did you did you finally get? They're around on my to, bed. They've been on but, my bed for a week and a half. Uh, two weeks. Yeah, we just changing. Please change the sheets and couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't know. hear you. I'm just muttering. Uh, I I love them so much. Yeah, they're they're. I love them so much. They are they are comfy and they look sharp. I w- I'll be honest with you. I was unsure about the white. Why why the white? Because I'm not usually a white sheet person. I usually like colors. Okay. But man. They look so crisp. Like yeah. you put a nice throw blanket on there and then some pillows yeah. and the contrast is You can't is, eat is in bed super. when you got white sheets. Uh, no. I don't, well, I don't do that anyway. But you have to even be careful like drinking a cup of coffee. You know, or I, I will tell you I really like the uh, – well, we'll get into the read in a second. But I, uh, I will tell you – where you were talking about the pillowcases, how they close in the back and not in the ends. How cool is that? I, I'm big thumbs up on that one. Yeah. I even tried putting, because I used two pillows, I tried putting both pillows inside one pillowcase. So it's just like one double thickness sort of pillow. Mm-hmm. And But then I realized that what I do at night is I end up putting my hand between the two pillows. Oh. And so I was like, okay, got to undo right, right, that right. one. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been- I dig I, them. Uh, the, the buttons on the duvet cover are rubber. So that the the fabric there's there's some there's some resistance to it so it doesn't come undone. Yeah, they've got like a rubbery. I don't know if they're solid rubber or they just have a rubber coating, but just well thought out, well designed, and nice thick cotton. Love it. This is um, yeah. This is good. So thank so, you, parachute. Well, parachute, uh, yeah, obviously has sent us some sheets, which we like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're an online betting brand, uh, betting brand based in uh, Venice, Venice Beach, California, where uh, you used to hang out. Yeah, oh, sure. Were you a muscle man on the Venice Beach? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I used to get a yellow thong on, and I used to just go work out. And then, then you used to uh, roller skate up the beach, like sure, uh, sure. If you've like ever, Fletch. yeah, if you've ever watched Bob's Burgers, the, yeah, the guy that roller skates in the yellow thong, that's me. Okay, good. Even with the hair now. <laughs> hey, Grace Sleep starts with your sheets, and Parachute has created a line of everyday bedding essentials, from sheets to comforters, to give you superior sleep. Their website is straightforward and easy to use. Uh, simply select the bedding items you want and have them delivered directly to your door. Easy. Parachute makes it really easy. 
Uh, they got free shipping, free returns, 30-night risk-free guarantee, uh, so you can rest easy. You don't have to worry about buying sheets and have them not be good, right ones for you. Just give them a shot. They've got the sand ones in stock again, too. Mm. All right, we're going to have to order some more. Uh, Parachute also gives uh, gives gives safe sleep. They offer they partner with the United Nations Nothing But Nets to send life saving bed nets to fight against malaria, just like the Gates Foundation. Uh, so uh, we we obviously have talked enough about these sheets to say that they're good sheets. I'm telling you, they're super soft. Jeffrey's going to pontificate about his grandmother's house again. No, I'm not. (laughs) You can't handle my grandmother's house. You go shop online. I wish the slate ones were in stock. I really that's that's a color that I would love to have. Go over to parachutehome.com slash pictures and uh, for your new sheets, duvets, other bedding essentials, and receive twenty five dollars off your first order by using the offer code pictures. That's parachutehome.com slash pictures offer code pictures. Wait, which did you get the percales or the sateens? Uh not the sateens. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, by the way, apparently they, 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 did you know that thread count is a marketing gimmick? I've heard that. Uh, do, do you know how to fold a fitted sheet? I do not know how to fold a fit. I know the fitted sheet just kind of gets crumpled up and put on top of and the other do, ones. Do you know that 40% of Americans sleep without a top sheet? Well, those are 40% of people that I don't want to talk to. I see. I like the no top sheet. I'm a, I'm a straight you- duvet cover kind of guy. Really? The, the the top sheets always just end up at the bottom of the bed next to my feet. By the I, end of see, the I'd like I wait. Are you a, are you a shoulder exposed or shoulders covered? Uh, depends on whether it's cold. Uh, usually shoulders covered, but it's like I'll have the sheet and then the duvet and then I'll end up like kicking the sheet all the way. It'll like kind of like pull it down with my feet and it'll end up at the bottom of the thing. So I we just get rid of it. Hmm. Anyway, I, I like to little like a cocoon. I like being like all covered up, like cold a cold pillow. Yeah, mm, I like that too. So you're like Wilford Brimley, in so many ways. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, you want to learn more about parachute? They've got a blog. Go over to parachutehome.com. Do they really teach blog. you how to fold a fitted sheet? Yeah, and apparently they tell you all about why thread count is a marketing gimmick. Huh. So go check it out. Yeah, I have no idea what the thread count of these sheets are, but they are soft as. Don't they're say soft. it. Let's just say that I they're did, soft. I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sell sheets here. Oh, uh, yeah, but they're good. They're they good. They are good. Thank you very much so. uh, to Parachute for uh, supporting Five by Five and on taking pictures. Um. All right. Where do you want to go? Well, now I want to go for a nap. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you had this. Are... In, you had the uh, the the discarded family photos thing in the in the thing from last week. Remember the digital afterlife of lost family photos, where like guys find photos and take yeah, pictures the, of them. You know, this is How something. How do you feel we... about that? Well, as as someone who uses. Uh, old ephemera in my artwork. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And I, I love going to flea markets and, uh, and antique stores and building my own backstory of, of some of these photographs of some of these people. That's what it is, right? It's sort of a, a fantasy peeping Tom kind of thing. Uh, well, no, I'm not, I'm not building a backstory of them. Like, you know, getting down or anything. No, but there, but there's, okay, but there, there's a certain like voyeurism in it, right? It's like fantasy voyeurism. Uh, yeah, maybe family I'm fiction. At this, I'm trying to make up the, the, uh, a story that goes along with this yeah. photo. 
family fan fiction, maybe. I don't know. Family fan fiction, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do. I like, and I like seeing, you know, where I can go. First of all, I just like old photos, like daguerreotypes, tintypes, um, the old little the little photos with the scalloped edges. Yep. Um, I like them just as objects, but I do I do like the idea of of building a backstory. Look, if I could find people that are related to the people in the photographs and actually have conversations with them, that would be terrific too. But you know, I, I love that idea. So I wouldn't mind if someone found my family photos after I'm gone. You and no, and did the same thing. Not at all. Yeah. You know, in that way, we, we, we you know, the other side of it is we live on. Then the, the, the memory of this person, even though it's a. a, a yeah, but what if they interpret the picture of, you know, you and your mom sitting on the beach completely differently than the reality that happened? I can't control that, though, can I? Right, right, right. But I'm just saying it's just sort of like, well, I don't know. I feel like a lot of this stuff ends up becoming. <clears throat> I guess I've never there's a there's a really good line from a episode of Doctor Who uh uh what what is 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 this like why you she she's like oh I like it here it makes me feel sad and she goes why do you want to feel sad and she goes sad is happy for 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 like deep people or smart people or something like that like hmm. there's a line and, and and sometimes I wonder like the people who um get really into sort of uh, digging into past lives that they have no connection to. It's interesting. I wonder what the motivation is for me or for, for them, you know, like it's something that doesn't really interest well, me or I, I think I the motivation has changed. Yeah. You know, I, I think now a lot of people that, that either are looking or collect, they, everybody wants to find the next Vivian Mayer. Not everybody, but a lot yeah, of people sure. are looking for that, that sort of, you know, unexposed or undeveloped role of film that when they have it processed, it's this, treasure trove of of future iconic images mm -hmm. you know whereas I, I i don't look at that that way i don't look at it that way at all but you could imagine going to a flea market finding a bunch of pictures and and gooping them down into one of your paintings uh, have done yeah sure yeah you know i i or i've i've asked for people's uh if you've got you know old pictures that you would like to you know send them off and i've i've families and friends have have donated pictures for me to to use um do, do you think that that people leaving too much interpretation of their artwork up to the viewer is a cop out no where somebody would say i don't know what i'm trying to say or or they won't admit it but ultimately it's like i'm not sure exactly what i'm trying to say but it's not about what i'm trying to say it's about how what you see in it I, but that could be true of anything, right? It could be true of anything. I mean, look, that's that's almost verbatim uh, how how Gregory Crudson approaches his photographs, right? And one of the like, in my opinion, one of the weaknesses in photographs is sometimes I feel like they're too ambiguous. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they go so far trying to say nothing that they don't say anything at all. Sometimes. Hmm. You know what I mean? So. Hmm. Does it? I I don't know. I I I think, and this is all subject to change. But at the moment, I think I like the idea of knowing what the artist was trying to do with a body of work, or okay. or overall what they're trying to say overall, 
rather than having to break it down with each individual piece. So you see you see the each piece as a sentence in a longer story and all you really care about is the arc of the story not the structure of each sentence. At the moment, yeah, I think that might be a fair way to put it. I think that okay. might be a fair way to put it. Yeah, where um, I t- I tend to think of the structure of each sentence as the building blocks of a larger story. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a but micro like to macro where you're micro to macro. Yeah, I like filling in little gaps. You know, I I like, right. you know, again, using Gregory's work, I, I like wondering what's going on. I I I I. I talked to him enough to to get an idea of what he was trying to do and ask some very general questions about about you know are the stories related is it in the same universe and what if he and, doesn't even really know Well then it's not, then no, it I'm takes, not trying to pick on him I'm just using him no, as No 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 that's then it's a it's a whole other thing where where we as the viewer get to build a fiction you know like I I look at uh uh some of the Cindy Sherman work and I don't know anything about any of the work. I don't know what she's trying to say. I don't right. know if she wants if she wants us to know that these people are her or she's just using her or Brooke Shaden or somebody like that. That, that yep. I have no idea. So I get to build this narrative around individual pieces and around larger collections of pieces and I think e- each of those approaches is equally valid. Yeah, yeah. What what I don't what I don't like, and again, this is all subjective, <clears throat> excuse me, what I don't like is being sort of spoon-fed this, this patronizing description next to the piece. Oh, no, no, no. I think it should have to speak for itself, but I, almost, I, but I want it to say something. Whether or not I agree with it or whether or not I think that it, it could be interpreted a different way that somebody that the artist themselves hasn't even thought of or that it's broader than that or, or it means something to me because of my particular experience that mm-hmm. maybe the artist wasn't even going for. That's fine. But I do want the artist to put some sort of stake in the sand and not just be like, well, I don't know what it means. I don't, you know, and obviously if you can't tell what it means, I feel like that's some element of not failure, but like, that's a, that's a, that's a weakness in some work where it's like, it's so nebulous that it's not really saying anything. In which case I could just spin around and open my eyes and I'm supposed to make a statement of what it looks like on the left corner of my room, you know, but, but caveat there, there are, I mean, I think there was a whole school of art that was based on exploring and expressing the subconscious sure so maybe it yep. wasn't it wasn't readily apparent well all the surrealist thing stuff too. yeah what yeah. this thing was about uh and and you have disparate imagery or elements within images or or uh ideologies that are that that on the surface are competing but that was the expression that's what came out isn't yeah. that important too i guess so but in even in most of even like if you're going to take surrealist stuff at least there are there are there's imagery that 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 immediately has some meaning to it you know what i mean or 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 it's like you know it's a cat and a cup of coffee and like <laughs> but but it's a weird cat and a strange right. cup of coffee like it's a hairless cat and a cup of decaf exactly like there's some sort of strange juxtaposition that at least jolts you a little bit versus something that just kind of sits there and is sort of neutral, like 
uh, neutral, uh, not by accident, like on Mm -hmm. purpose neutral. I guess that's that's the place that I sort of feel like I could get stuck in, you know. Um, yeah. Feel things going uh, at me on on, uh, on yeah. Twitter. Did you see that? So yeah. question question from the uh, from the listeners. Go ahead. Uh, she she says, "Are you saying that photos without obvious meaning and or narratives are lazy? I mean, I don't need them to be. I don't need it to be rammed down my throat, but I want them to tr- at least try to say something, whether or not I agree with it. Like, I need something to start with. It's it's sort of like uh, if if we're having a um, uh, a negotiation, it's like." I as the as the viewer shouldn't have to go first, you know, and mm. and 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 say what I think the car is going to cost. Um, I don't know. It's, it, like do, it's just. Do you feel that way even about your own work? Uh, yeah, and I feel like the the ones that are less successful, the less successful, uh, um, conceptual things I do are the ones where I don't really know what it is I'm trying to say, or, or I try to say less that usually doesn't work out as well. You know, uh, I feel like it's like, I want there to be some sort of, uh, initiating impulse Mm -hmm. that I put into it. You know, I mean, this is, do you see it after the fact? Uh, usually while I'm working on it, either like, it's like, Oh, this is, this has some energy to it or it doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, it, look, I mean, this is all, you know, one man's opinion. It's just like, it's just, it's just interesting when I look at like old pictures, like how we started this whole thing. It's like, yeah, I can look at old family pictures from somebody that I find at, you know, on, on the ground outside. Cause sometimes they just end up, you know, in boxes of them on the street and I don't nostalgically go through them trying to like find deep meaning in other people's lives that I know nothing about because I wasn't there. That's all an illusion. It's all a fantasy. You know, uh, I have no idea what these people's lives were like, and, I, and could, I shouldn't suppose fantasy. to have me. Yes, like deliberately, but I'm not using like somebody else's reality as the basis for my fantasy. See what I'm saying? Hmm. Um, Maybe not consciously. Well, it's, I'm, I'm, like, sure. I'm sure like there's some elements of some story somebody once told me that I end up putting in a picture, but I'm not taking a picture of them and and putting my own meaning on top of it you know like that 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 just seems presumptive and uh um i don't know i guess the the the, the thing that everything has to have meaning is um, i guess first of all it's me- well, what meaning is, is, what is defined meaning, meaning. right yeah right, what right, is right. meaning you know uh as as a commercial portrait photographer right Sometimes the meaning is you've got five minutes, get the shot for my cover or you're fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Right, right. I'm talking about stuff where I'm actually trying to make art, quote unquote, you know, where Mm -hmm, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, and, but even then it's, it's, you know, meaning, I guess what it is that I don't, I don't like things being in neutral. I want them to either be moving forward or moving in reverse, like going somewhere as opposed to a car sitting still somewhere, you know, I was like, it's like, tell me a story. Don't just say two characters are sitting there. It's like, well. What are they talking about? Well, I want you to figure out what they're talking about. Well, they could be talking about anything. <laughs> like, you know, see, and like, that's the beauty of it. Get, I want to see two characters talking, and I want to have to. I, I want to have to Im- imbue or imbibe or infer or even just straight up create. You want the that. conversation? You want that? Sure. Yeah. See, I, I to me, if that's the case, then I'm the artist. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like I'm doing most of the work there. Then. 
And that to me is, is, is less interesting. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's uh, look, I mean, it's a a topic for a longer conversation. I think, look, I think, I think it's, it's one of those things where like, we're both right. Everybody's right. This is just a personal, you know, um, but, but the stuff that I like tends to be something where I feel like the person didn't just make something, but made something that like intended to have some sort of reaction from me as opposed to whatever reaction you have is the reaction you have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's odd that you're almost removing any, any co-collaboration with an audience. You're almost, you're no, almost, no, 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 no. See, I'm not saying that like what an artist says is the only thing way to interpret it. I'm just saying, I want him to say him or her to say something. That I can then, then we can have the conversation that you always talk about, right? Mm-hmm. But if somebody's just sitting there completely stoked, if you know, if it's Maria Abramovich or whatever her name is, like sitting there across the table from me, and is just sitting there blank faced with her eyes closed, it's like, well, uh, you know, it's like those videos where they show puppies and then they show a guy with a blank face and then they show war and they show a guy with a blank face. And it's like you interpret his blank face as being sad after the war and. Loving but how, after are, the how are we to know that that's not you as the photographer saying to the subject, give me a blank face? That happens all the time. And I think that is lazy. You know, per, per, like in, in my own work, if, if I just say, mm, uh, I want you to look like you're not thinking anything. That just seems to me like, well, then why are we here if you're not thinking anything, you know? I'd rather I'd rather look at the picture and sort of at least at least attempt to say something with the person's face, whether or not it's successful or whether or not that's how somebody sees something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We could talk about it another time. Already. Uh, like- how did. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, see, David Gardner's with you. Well, see, what, I don't mind wait, an element. Wait, what did David say? He says, I'm with Jeffrey where an element of mystery lets you fill in the blanks. I'm fine with having mystery and blank spots, but I don't want it to be a completely blank sheet of paper, essentially. You know, where it's like, well, I need more. It's a, it's I a need moving more. target then. You yeah. Know, oh, yeah, we, yeah. We never know, uh, specific to you, we never know what's going to be enough for you. Uh, you mean did, as a viewer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it's a continuum too, right? Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's things, you know, it goes from a, from a, uh, a, 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 literally a blank piece of paper all the way till a very explicit thing with text on the, on the image. Right. Um, and I'm just saying that I lean more towards, I want something to start with and then I'll interpret it how I want or how I, you know, how my mind does it subconsciously. And I, I put my own thing on it. There's plenty of photographs that I love that, that aren't implicitly saying anything, but they, but they have something in there. And sometimes I look at stuff and I feel blank looking at it because I feel like the artist was blank making it. Hmm. You know, let's, let's come back to this. This is good. Let's come back to this. Uh, what is this, uh, Mojo con? Uh, Oh, okay. So Mavis uh, camera app. Yeah. Mo, uh, MojoCon is a mobile journalism is a is a, oh, okay. a convention for mobile journalists, and this this company uh, Mavis has released this app for the iPhone. Okay, it's a, a video app. Shoots 4K, shoots up to 240 frames a second, but it's got color bars. It's got a vector scope. It's got 
uh, terrific focus peaking yeah. uh, uh, colors. They're adding all kinds of features to it. And I just thought for some of the people that listen that, that use their iPhones a lot, this might be an interesting, uh, yeah. an interesting app to check out. I, I've reached out to them. Uh, I mean, I, I'm happy well, how much buying they charge it. for it. It's like 16 bucks, I think. Okay. But they're, you know, they're talking about features that are, especially the vector scopes, you know, and, yeah, and the yeah. color scopes are available on, you know, really high-end video cameras. And you can monitor audio. So you could go in, you could go into your iPhone with like an iRig mic, one of the yep. lightning cable mics, and then plug some headphones in and still monitor your audio. Um, and then shoot at 24 or 30, whatever, 4K all the way up to 100 megabits per second if you have enough light. Um, Wait, so you can change the – oh, you can actually change the bit rate. Yes. See, that that is the big thing because standard video on these phones like has absolutely – no yeah. room to wiggle. And you've, you've got uh, uh, thumb sliders for EV and manual focus. Hmm. Uh, terrific looking focus peaking. So uh, it might be something you guys want to check out. Uh, I, I thought it was really neat. I, I watched the uh, the interview here in the link uh, in the show notes is uh, an interview with the creator and uh, one of the one of the journalists at, at MojoCon asking pretty good questions for for uh, someone who's in that industry. Um, but it looks like a a terrific project. They're adding features. It's interesting. Why do you see it as a good tool for photojournalism as opposed to creative video people? Um, I wonder why they're even pushing it towards photojournalists versus. Well, I I think it's, it's not, look, it's, it's mostly the idea of you've got then more tools in the bag. Yeah. 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 Right. You, you can, you can pull down. Color, but I could you see can a, alter color. You I could see a high school kid balance. with this, you know, making movies with it. Oh my god! If we had this back in high school, the schlocky horror films we made would have been so much slightly so much, less schlocky, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but then I could have gotten run over in 4K instead of Super 8. You know, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they would have been they would have been bad with even more information and right, more pixels. Right. I mean, if you yeah, give give this to the brothers Jankowitz and let's see what they do. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. So I've reached out to them to see if we can, uh, you know, take it for a spin and and see what it does. Um, but again, they seem to be listening to the community. They seem to be uh, 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 adding features and and really listening to the to the the customer base instead of just kind of putting out the app that that they want. I mean, they, I think they did put out the app that they wanted, but they're also then listening to how it's being received and making tweaks and massaging uh, features and functionality moving forward, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to tweak Claude about it right now. Yeah. So, uh, check that Mavis, out. um, looks good. Mm, Mavis. Mavis. So you like that name Mavis? Uh, I haven't honestly given it a lot of thought. Maybe does that does the name of a product make you like it or dislike it? Oh, geez, uh, big discussion. Uh, I think it has an effect. Sure. Yeah. I I, I mean, look, I'm I never affected, really thought about it until now. I'm affected by everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wise ass. Wait, uh, I'm, you I'm, know, hold on a second. I'm just gonna. Blow, there's a butterfly next to me. I'm gonna have it blow towards you. <laughs> Give it 10 minutes. Let's see if the wind gets to you. 
yeah, I mean, I'm affected by all that kind of stuff. I'm affected by packaging. I'm affected by interface. I mean, if yeah. something could something could be the greatest thing in the world, the greatest piece of software in the world, but if the interface is completely non-intuitive or it's this, you know, overly goofy, skeuomorphic design, then you may not you may not be comfortable using it. So you're so you're going to form an opinion about its capability. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like names of products. I like names of services. Uh, hey, we should uh, talk about last week's still life. A lot of these are really good. Hey, uh, can, they are indeed. Uh, can can I just uh, put out a call and just say, hey, anybody who's listening who's not a member of the Google Plus group, you should go join it because it's a great group of people sharing photos and giving very good, very supportive, constructive criticism to each other. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, supportive is is and there's seventeen hundred people over there, name. you know, posting stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh oh, man, Bodan. Uh, yeah, that late entry for that. Spider. Ooh. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Matheson, of course, squashing uh, leaves. What has he got them on a light box? No, they're I, just. They're just good, right? Fl- yeah, they're nice. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Uh, I like Max Nex's uh, kitchen tools. I thought it was like dent on first glance, like like a, a horror dental. Yeah, or or the 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 thing next, like in the operating theater, where that's got all the the you know like the organ trays and and all the little instruments and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a discussion with Justice about uh, and and Johan about HDR. Would I, I maybe we can tackle that next time? Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. What else is in there? Um, there was another one that I oh the eggs. Look at Mitch's shot of the eggs and yep. tell me the lighting on that one in the foreground doesn't remind you of the Alien poster. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Having just seen Aliens again the other day was uh, it's in it's you know bright in my mind. Yeah, some good stuff in here, really good stuff. This was a fun one. Yeah, um, yeah. I love that lamp, uh, Garen Mortensen. Man, that's a terrific lamp. Yeah, Barry's got this nice picture of his hats and his T-shirt hanging. Right. Some nice stuff here. Yeah, really nice stuff. All right, so this week, this week, kids, um. A project or an assignment inspired by Joel Meyerowitz. Uh, and the idea was that you, you go to a street corner and you don't move. You, you can pivot, but stand on a street corner and look at what's happening around you and make a picture from a street corner. And if you have to pee, tough luck. <laughs> That's right. Bring a, bring a big gulp cup or something. Uh, uh, so street corner is your hashtag. And find find a street corner and let's see what you see. I it recommend be, a wide-angled lens. Unless you want to get something way up there. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Hey, have you – so are we done with that street corner? Is that, yeah. Are we, whenever, that? Whenever okay, before we get to Photographer of the Week, uh, have you played with uh, the, the – the, or seen the one – what is it? 1DX Mark IV? Uh, yeah, there is a 1DX. I have not played with it. What about it? You like it specifically for some reason? I, I don't know. I just wondered if you'd seen it because you, you have been talking about looking for something with, with, uh, more megapixels. And, well, the and, four has less megapixels than mine, I think. Oh, does it? 
Yeah, the the one Ds are actually pretty low. Um, I guess Mark. So five? are they like they, are they like the D fives in the Nikon? Exactly. Range? Yeah, they're okay. the they're okay. the sports so cameras. Yeah, bigger photo sites, but less megapixels. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I think it's sixteen uh, it's like, frames per second on this thing. Yeah, it's like a video, right? <laughs> you can shoot an animated GIF. It's funny when you go. I remember years ago, I was at um, the. Um, us open over here and i was sitting up in the stands in the stadium and there was a bunch of photographers behind me with these you know 800 millimeter canon big giant white lenses you know right and the ball would be hit to one side of the court and you out of the side of the court right 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 so that's all like, you hear really like how do you even edit that down to something that's meaningful you know um but uh yeah i mean it's 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 got a certain sound and a certain thing yeah so those are those are like the sports cameras that you literally hammer nails in with yeah it's, right. it's like the d4 or the d5 now um, uh and apparently there were some leaks uh there were well a couple things uh leaked images of the fuji xt2 and somebody actually sold a product a pre-production version on ebay really yes i uh well you know i saw a guy with a x pro 2 last week walking around uh so it's just a matter of time nice camera yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the, the camera that uh, Alan's got, that Pentax K1. The K1? 1800 bucks for 36 megapixels and all kinds of cool little features. Yeah. That's uh, it's not uninteresting. Apparently, the, the X-T2 will have a similar uh, rear screen, a similar kind of on, instead of on hinges, it'll be similar to the K1. Some sort of weird alien structure right 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 by the way uh you know how our a couple of times we've talked about uh technology like taking over people's jobs and stuff like computers there was yes. an article this morning in i think it was the washington post uh about a um uh, uh carnegie mellon i think it was a a student like a pa for one of the classes like a teaching assistant a ta for one of the big classes uh her name was Jill Watson and blah, 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 blah. And she went the whole the whole semester. And in the end, it comes out that Jill Watson doesn't actually exist. Jill Watson is a Watson computer by IBM. Huh. That was answering all the kids' students' emails the entire semester. And it was a course on AI. And none, wow. of, the, and none of the kids knew. So much better than Microsoft's AI. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, but doesn't it kind of like, it's just, ooh. It's, it's like freaky, the, right? Well, it's so freaky you're, you're in the emailing sense that, the TA and you're getting a response from from a computer, and no one noticed. Wow. Yeah. They even make a joke that she, you know, would talk in like silly little things, and then say, "All your baser belong to us." And they go, "No, that one was a joke." And I was huh. like, "No, that would actually be really funny if you said know, all your baser belong to us." It's 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 weird where where automation is going to go. Not just in in I mean the. Mercedes, I think it was Mercedes and Volvo, both both tested uh, self-driving big rigs across Europe. Yep, yep. And that's going to be – Dude, you, gonna, you, if you can program a computer to have intent and have a point of view and have all the rules that make what we think are good music or good photographs or good movies, why do you need a human to do it anymore? Crazy, right? Yep. Let's put out as many comic books about such and such as we... By the way, that new Marvel movie, it's like, I'm overwhelmed by Marvel movies. Which is the new one, uh, the, the, the Civil America. War? Captain America, yeah. I've heard it's awful. See, I've heard that it was quite good. 
and huh. that's right. but i listened to an hour and a half long review of it by the incomparable people and they were like spoiler horn and i was like i don't care and I'm not going to spoil anything here. But I listen to it and I go, yep, it's just the same as every one of the other one of these things. Yeah. Like they're I, all hey, the is, same. Is there a big third act where lots of people get crushed but it's, the it's heroes survive? It's all the survive? same thing. Yeah. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And I, I, I love that, that Robert Downey Jr. is now open to doing an Iron Man 4. Oh, he is, is he? Yeah. What? Like, come on. He's, he's not only is he like 52 years old, but like he's got enough money. That, well, yeah, but they're going to back a dump truck up to his door, I guess, with more. Yeah, but... He wants to go somewhere else with the character. Oh, okay. Well, I thought that the third Iron Man was really terrible, and everyone was like, that's the best one of the three. And I was like, what? I thought the first one was the, the best The first one. one was the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, photographer of the got? week, Bruce Davidson, who we've talked about before, but I don't think we've ever used, according to the list. Uh, and, according uh, to Chris Matheson. Yeah. See, uh, Danny Adrian says that Civil War was great. Uh, what would be the Turing test at that point for Watson? That's a good question. We'll have to discuss that some other time. Um, the New York Public Library, you turned me on to a talk that Bruce Davidson was giving at the New York Public Library. You right. mentioned it last week. Right. And I was going to go at the last minute. And, oh, you didn't go. Well, no, hold on. Uh, tickets were – I went to go buy a ticket like a few hours before and the tickets were shut down, like the ticket selling. So oh. I talked – to a person like, you know, do you need help? Chat with a person at the New York Public Library. So I chatted with a person who called the people in charge and they said, well, there's a waiting list. And if you give us your name and you show up, then you can come back two hours later and find out if you, I'm like, okay. They're like, but it's going to be live streamed. And I was like, oh, uh, then I'll just sit at home and watch it live stream. Nice. So uh, I watched it live stream and it is available on the, uh, the New York Public Library site. Mm -hmm. And Matt Dillon, who apparently yeah. the actor Matt Dillon is a big fan of Bruce Davidson's uh, and interviews him for this hour and a half long thing with a few questions in the middle of it. Uh, I will warn you, Matt Dillon is not a great interviewer, uh, right. but it is interesting just hearing Bruce talk about his pictures. And I like Matt Dillon, though. I generally I do, too. Rumblefish. But he kind of he just sort of stared at a lot of the pictures and went. Oh, sorry. I, I get I get overwhelmed in some of these pictures. Right, right, right. So, so, so <laughs> here you are with uh with uh with with some gang members. Uh, uh tell tell me what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, interestingly enough, way to make enough, it your own, Matt. <laughs> some of the some of the gang members uh that 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 Bruce was had took pictures of and whatever. He's just like, oh, where was this? And he says, Park Slope, which is where I live. Which wow. is not a place that you would ever find any sort of like, you know, young little 13-year-old white kids in the – I guess in the 50s, there were a bunch of like white kids who thought themselves a gang. You know what I mean? And well, like it, it had a gang around Rumblefish. Here. Go watch The Outsiders. Go. go watch Rumblefish. Well, that's I think where he kind of got into this whole thing. But it's just funny because my neighborhood is totally not where you would see any of that nowadays. These are terrific photographs on the Magnum site. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes. But, you know – uh, he's one of those guys, he, you know, very anti, very anti digital. And he asked, he apparently he started a project in digital and then scrapped it all and redid what he had done in film. Uh, but saying that why the digital, is he anti digital, the digital was too good. He said, ah, okay. Whatever I, that he, means. He, he, look, there, there are some, uh, some obvious tweaks to some of these images. Uh, yeah. You mean the black and white stuff? Dodging, burning, that kind of thing. So yeah, no, are, I don't think you know, he has a problem with the manipulation. I think he has a problem with like, 
the cleanliness of it. Yeah. It's just okay. too, it's too, it, there's not enough of a filter in between. So it feels like you're there as opposed to having a memory of being there, I guess. Mm, he mm-hmm, didn't say that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the words I'm putting in his mouth. And, and look, so we've, all, we've discussed that before. What? <laughs> no, I was just going <laughs> to, I was going to give you grief about extrapolating meaning from where there wasn't any. But. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Yeah. These are terrific. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic. So, I mean, Obviously, uh, Bruce Davidson, uh, American photographer. He's a Magnum guy since the 50s. Oh, uh, my God. This picture, 1965, a group of civil rights demonstrators marched from Selma to Montgomery. And this, this, they're carrying a flag. Black kid, has, he's in whiteface and has the word vote kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, thumb you know, scrawled yeah. into, the, into the white grease paint on his forehead. Wow, yeah, he, what a terrific image. Yeah, and he's known for, uh, it says in his Wikipedia article, that he's known for photographic communities, usually hostile to outsiders. And he, like, he went up to, I think it was like 116th or 120th Street on the east side, like sort of a bad area, mm-hmm. uh, at least back, definitely back in the day, a little different now. Um, and he befriended some guy who was like a community organizer or something there to the point where he was around enough that people started trusting him and he started taking mm-hmm. pictures. Interestingly enough, though, he would bring in like a four by five and shoot them with like a big camera as like, a way like, one of the, like a speed graphic or, a, or like a. Yeah, something like that. Something I, it's, like that. It, it was neither of those brands and I can't remember what brand he used. But the point being is that. You know how sometimes we talk about for clients making them feel like they're getting their money's worth. There's also an element of, oh, he's bringing a big camera that shows he's taking the time and money mm-hmm, and has mm-hmm. respect for. His color stuff's great me. too. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, pretty fantastic. Um, wow. I mean, interesting. Like, oh man, this is good. Interesting. Uh, listening to you know an old guy talk about his days of you know. Hanging out in Harlem. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, this is great. Oh, what a terrific portrait of Paul Newman. Ugh. Yeah, this is good stuff. So uh, go check it out. And uh, if you have the time, go uh, watch the the uh, the talk uh, at the New York Public Library with Matt Dillon. Uh, all the links are in the show notes. Ah, and, Magnum. Uh, I love how Matt Dillon's still using his uh, headshot from like 20 years ago. <laughs> Is he really? There's like pictures on the live from New York Public Library where it like flips between uh, Davidson's picture and Dylan's picture. And even Bruce Davidson's pictures from like 10 years ago. That's funny. Yeah, this is great that they put this this up. Yeah, apparently all of these are streamed live. Huh. So there's all kinds of like good stuff that goes on. So anyway, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's great. So thank you for popping me up into uh, thinking of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, got anything else? Hmm. Anything else we should, uh, we should, we should chat about? Uh, I think these poor people need to go eat something. I All know right. I do. Pancakes. Uh, what? Oh my God. Pancakes. I know. I think I need to go make pancakes. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, have a great week. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, you are, you are on the, uh, the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook at Bill Wadman. I'm on the same at Jeffrey Sidoris. Um, yeah, there was some, actually there was something else I wanted to ask you about, but 
I don't know. Apparently, we could do it offline, right? It, it, it's gone away, and and it'll it'll come back for next week, which just, will be just like episode. the love of a career versus not pursuing it at all. That's the right. That's the thing. Uh, so come on back, episode two twelve next week, uh, and and we'll see you then. All right. See. You. Bye. This way